welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, The Net Talks Press. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. And I have Tisha Marie Pelletier with me, dubbed the authentic girl with a touch of badass. <laughs> Tisha Marie, I, I just like, I like to just let that hang in the air and sizzle a little bit. Yes, the sizzler for sure. <laughs> Tisha Marie Pelletier brings her infectious positive energy every time through her storytelling and powerful tips on and offline. She has served as an MC and speaker on numerous stages as well as on her platform hosting the Success Over Struggle live panel and podcast. In addition to professional speaking, Tisha is an entrepreneur, personal brand strategist, founder of Social Connect Phoenix, business mentor, author, and mama of two. Nothing gives her more satisfaction than helping and seeing entrepreneurs launch their brilliant ideas and go for it. Tisha, hello. Hello. Thank you, Bridget, which is a nice, warm welcome that you got there. Yeah, or maybe I should say Miss Badass. Miss Badass. There you go. <laughs> so my listeners are always looking for ways to make sure they're owning the microphone, rocking the stage, bringing it, showing up, showing out. What is the biggest mistake people make in presentations that you've seen? And then how do you make sure you avoid that mistake? Yes. Okay. I've got a good one for you. Ready, Bridget? Strapped in, ready for it. Yes. So I have watched a lot of speakers, just even in the last couple of weeks, I've critiqued their presentations, and they're always talking about themselves. <laughs> always, always, always. They lead with their bio, even though their bio was just read right before they came on stage. They lead with their bio. They lead with their accolades. They lead with all these things they've accomplished. And everybody is just bored already because it's not relevant to them. It doesn't even matter. So I don't lead with who I am. I don't lead with any of that stuff. I jump right into the meat because it's so much about hooking them and keeping their attention for as long as you have them. That's what they came to hear is your content, your brilliance, your expertise, I could not agree more that, like you said, nine times out of ten, someone has already introduced you. Or if you don't have that luxury of someone introducing you before your presentation, then people have already Googled you or looked you up or read about you in the program material. Sure. They already have a sense of who you are. And even if they don't do that, because oftentimes I don't read about a person before I go to see their presentation, I'm reading that description. Mm -hmm. I'm reading the title of that presentation. I'm reading what I'm going to get out of it. I think to myself, ooh, this sounds like it's going to be a good one. I don't care if it's Barney up there or, or <laughs> <laughs> right, SpongeBob SquarePants up there giving the presentation. This content sounds like it's something I can use, and that's what people want. And here's the, here's the, the gem, the, the, the clincher, Tisha. Mm -hmm. If you do an outstanding stellar, amazing, phenomenal job in delivering that content, people are 
then going to want to find that bio and learn more about you. Mm-hmm. People are then going to want to look for you on LinkedIn, social media, and everywhere else. Because I know that's how I find myself uh, uh, as an audience member. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not too interested in, in who you are, but I want to know what do you know and how can you help me be better at what I do when you show me what it is you do. And then when you do that, you bring me all kinds of value. Then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Who, who's this woman talking about she's a badass? Let me find her on Facebook and read up on her. It's very true. I mean, when you get off that stage, if you really hit a nerve with your audience, they will come looking for you. They will start following you and sending you messages. A lot of times there's not that opportunity to reach out or maybe the sessions are back to back or it's, you know, it's a Zoom call and now we're done and they, they close it out. But if you if you had something of value to share with them, they will find you, just like you're saying. It happens all the time. Exactly. It happens all of the time. They will find you. If you're good, you're going to attract people. Yes. Now, you told us, don't start with the accolades. Don't start with running down the resume and all of that good stuff. And I know there are a lot of different ways to start presentations. And I know you say you hook them. You, you, you dive into the meat. What do you do at the start of your presentation? Can you give us, I don't know if it, either it's a formula or pretend you're about to do a presentation. What do you do? Do you tell a story? What do you do? You know, honestly, Bridget, I ask the question. I always find that the question of, hey, I've got a question for all of you, and I want to see who relates to what I'm saying here. Like, I just did a presentation, and I know we're talking about this a little later, but about imposter syndrome. And my question to the audience was, how many of you have ever found yourself in the imposter syndrome? And even when you phrase it like that, they're like, oh, my gosh, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Like, if you just, you know, take some pauses in there, you build up the suspense, and people are like, oh, Okay, yes, now, what is it? What is it about the imposter syndrome? And from there, it opens up the opportunity for me to start sharing a story. And then for me, going into those tips of how maybe I overcame the imposter syndrome. You know, so it's leading them down this order of hook them with a question, start talking about your own personal stories, because people love stories and they really can put themselves in your shoes. And then get into the meat of, hey, this is how I figured it out. This is what I do. Here are my top ten tips. Here's all that stuff you need. And then close it up, you know. So it's, it is formula. There is definitely a formula to it. You're right. You're right. I follow a similar pattern with presentations. I make sure I use you far mm-hmm. more often than I ever use I. Very seldom am I using I. No, that, that doesn't resonate with folks. People don't hear that, but people do hear you. So I start off with, you have likely seen all kinds of presentations. Some were fantastic, some were, mm, let's not talk about them. <laughs> and you know it's not easy being up here on this stage trying to connect with the crowd. All these eyes are staring back at you. You're connecting with them. You're relating to them, right? You're helping them right. that you get their position. Mm-hmm. And then I launch into, by the time we're done with this presentation, you're going to know the number one mistake people should avoid when they make presentations. You're also going to know what is the one and only way to start your presentation so that you set up everybody for success. Mm-hmm. And finally, you're going to know how to conclude your presentations that makes you look like the rock star that you are. And I tell them all of that before I even tell them my name. Mm-hmm. 
care about that. They no. want to know, yes, how you're going to bring it. Mm. Yes, bring it, bring it. That's the key right there. So if people were looking for one small tweak to make, and you can give us more than one small tweak. I don't know. One small change that I could make right now to make me a better presenter, what would that be? You know, I know we talk about practice. Like, it's it, you have to be practicing all the time when you're speaking. But I think, for me personally, if I'm in a group of other speakers and practicing in front of other speakers, that just makes me improve my game so much more because I am getting that honest feedback from them. Like I could give a presentation in front of my dogs, my family, and they'd be like, that was amazing. But was it really amazing? (laughs) Or was that just them being nice? So if you want to be in speaking, if you want to get up on those stages, surround yourself with people who are miles ahead of you, who can mentor you and who can give you that critique. You know, and then take that feedback and then apply it. You know, there's no, okay, my, you know, you know what, that's great, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. No, these people are up there and they're making a living at speaking for a reason. So take that knowledge, take those tips and use them. Everybody listen to Tisha on this one. Listen to Tisha on this one. I know practicing in front of family and friends and those close associates who love you and care about you or your dog or what have you, I know that that you feel like that builds your confidence and it gives you a sense of, yes, I can do this. But here's the deal when it comes to the family and friends and colleagues. They either do not have the heart to tell you that you are awful or <laughs> very true <laughs> right they i mean they're, they're family and friends for pete's sake that's why you chose them to practice in front of them if you want honest feedback if you truly want to improve the only way is to observe those other speakers who have nailed this who have the years or decades of expertise and who will give you that feedback if you're able to get people who are already in the industry mm-hmm. and they can provide that time and that feedback to you, get it from them. Because I'm telling you, the family and friends, either they do not have the, mm, they just can't, they can't, <laughs> they, they just can't tell you. They don't have it in them to tell you that you were crummy. Or even if they know that you're crummy, they don't even know how to tell you what to change. Right. 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 All they can say is, yeah, that, that was that was okay. But they cannot tell you, you need to change the pitch of your voice. You need to change your pacing. Mm-hmm. You need to start your presentation in a more captivating way. Possibly start with a an interesting question or a thought-provoking graphic on a screen or they don't know how to tell you or they don't know what to tell you to fix or how to help you fix it. So they're going to continue to tell you, yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Yay. Mm-hmm. And, and you're you, going to continue doing that speech and you don't know any better. Looking a mess, right? Looking so. a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I have another tip as well that I yeah. want to share So I have a couple of speeches that I give that, I mean, it's like, it's ingrained in my head. I've given it so much. And it's great because I'm becoming known for that talk, you know, and that's, that's something when you're like, 
hey, that girl talks on this, book her, book her, book her. And that's what's been happening. But I will say that you can always tweak your presentation. Just because it started here doesn't mean that every time you give it, it has to be the exact same thing. Maybe there are people in your audience that have listened to this a couple of times now, and you should be changing it up. I remember I went to this Get Motivated seminar. I don't know if you've ever been to that, Bridget. And I was so excited. I was like, this is awesome. And the first time I went, I was like, this is amazing. These people rock. And it was this big names. Like Kurt Warner was there. Um, and, and then the next year, they were back at it again. I was like, great. I want to listen to them. They were so amazing. It was the exact same speech over and over and over and over. And it's like, oh, I just wasted my whole day. And I heard this last year. So, <laughs> You know, even if you have a lot of the same content, change it up a little bit, too. Keep tweaking it. Keep adding to it. Making it different season to season. Right. You want to... You want to keep it fresh, and at the same time, it kind of helps you not slip into a mode of not caring mm -hmm. and, and dialing it in. And for me, it makes it more exciting for me, the presenter, because now I'm trying out some new material. Yes. Now I'm getting an opportunity to it, – it, it's like improving a book. Or improving, if you're a cook, improving upon your recipe. You have this salsa recipe that's just banging. Or you have this chili recipe that's just amazing. But mm, what if you use just a teaspoon more of that? Just mm -hmm. a smidge more of this. It's just constantly improving. You're doing your lawn, and it, it's fall time. And, hey, how about if you try those flowers this time right. instead of those? It's just taking it up a notch each time and it, it challenges you yes. and, and and challenges make you grow and just make you better and better and better you can't help but to improve that that's a good point so i i have an idea of the answer to this question mm -hmm. based on what you just said but i'm going to throw it out there anyway sure. and it's okay if you say well bridget i just answered that because i had somebody tell me that one time well <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, never mind. <laughs> well, right. I don't know if maybe there's more to it because I'm asking this question that may have a slightly different spin to it. So let me ask you, what fuels you to not slip into a pattern? What fuels you to not slip into just kind of phoning it in, just kind of dialing it in? You know, I look at it as who am I talking to? What's the audience? Who, who are the people that I am trying to, uh, you know, to have resonate with me? So that's always going to be my idea of, okay, well, now I'm going to change up this speech. Like I'm doing this networking speech that I've given I don't even know how many times. See, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You've done it so many times. So what stops you from the 10th time not just kind of, you know, just winging it? <laughs> well, for this one, for instance, it's a totally different audience, and yeah. I can't give that same speech. I am going to have to adapt it to the audience because normally I'm giving this talk in front of entrepreneurs, and now I'm giving it to a corporation. So huh. there's going to be some different, different you know, examples and content that I'm going to have to create. And I, I love that. I, I mean, I really do love that, that you can have an idea and you can pitch it to different organizations knowing that you're going to have to customize it for that organization. It has to. You have to. 
Yeah. And yeah. so to me, I really love the challenge. I'm like, okay, here we go. I can take some of the basics that I have, that foundation, but I am going to give them a completely custom presentation and I'm going to get excited because it's another thing that I get to create. And here's another reason too, Tisha. Here's another reason. Have you seen a presentation where you knew that person phoned it in, where you knew that person was winging it? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh-huh. And what was your impression of that person, and how did that make you feel as an audience member? That they didn't care, that mm-hmm. there was no preparation for it. I mean, if you're going to get up on, on that stage, you've got to know that material inside and out. And if I can tell that, oh, this person just rolled out of bed and is just talking out of his butt and he doesn't even know what he's supposed to say and he's just, he is winging it. Like, I'm like, wow, how did you get up there? Like, that's what's going through my head. Like, who's the meeting planner that booked you that didn't vet you first? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it makes you, as an audience member, feel unimportant. It makes you feel like you're not valued. It makes you feel like this presenter didn't think enough of you to at least, I don't know, put jot down a few bullet points, uh, do something. It makes you feel like you're just not important enough to that speaker. Nobody ever wants to be made to feel like they do not matter. So when you phone it in, you wing it, you just kind of dial it in, because I've done this presentation a billion times before. Mm-hmm. It makes your audience, your audience just picks up on that, and it just doesn't, it, it doesn't put you in a, in a good light as a speaker. You know, and even if, Bridget, I've done this presentation several times because I do a a personal brand presentation, I'm always tweaking it, but I always am practicing it leading up to the presentation. It's not just a, ah, I did this a month ago, I'm good, (laughs) and then jump right into the Zoom unprepared. You still have to prep. You still have to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You do. You do. You never you never stop prepping. I don't care how many uh, years or decades of experience you have under your belt. Tisha, do you have a secret practice, a secret habit? I don't know. Maybe you. Yeah, I don't know. Do jumping jacks before you present or maybe you you chant. What is a secret? I don't know what you do over there. What's a secret practice or a secret habit that professional speakers have? that makes them so confident, that has them getting up there, owning the microphone? Yes. Well, first of all, because I talk about personal branding a lot, it's definitely about being confident in your own skin. You know, it's, it's, it's being natural and authentic. Like, I love getting up on a stage and wearing my jeans and my Converse because that's how I roll. That's, like, what I love to do. There's always some crazy song playing in my head, I'm sure, but I love talking in front of my mirror, and I've got this big I am written in lipstick, (laughs) in pink lipstick on my mirror, and I sit there, and I practice, and I talk to myself, and I pump myself up, not to say that I don't get nervous getting on a stage. I do. I think it's natural for people to just have a little bit of jitters, you know, but as soon as I get up there, I'm like, boom, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go with this. So I talk a lot to myself, honestly. I am in my car a lot, talking to myself, just hyping myself up, talking in front of the mirror, hyping myself up some more. And that just calms my nerves. And I'm just, I'm really just reiterating, Tisha, you've got this. Tisha, you know this. Tisha, you're going to rock this today. 
So it's giving myself those positive affirmations that this is it. Like, I can do this. I had a conversation with another podcast guest about attire. So when you said getting up there in your jeans and converse, that's just your jam, that's you, <laughs> that's the Tisha Marie Pelletier brand. How did you get to that point? Did you always make presentations in jeans and converse? Because as you can imagine with that other podcast guest, he was talking about attire you know, dressing a step above the audience and uh, wearing a suit or wearing whatever, and he's ironing his clothes the morning of and so on and so forth. Did you did you always make presentations in jeans and Converse? How did you arrive at that? I will say not always. So okay. I'm either – it's kind of one extreme. It's either I'm wearing that, and that is the um, on the cover of my last book, Bridget, called What Are the Odds, which is truly authentic, just everything in the kitchen sink stories. You know, that's what I'm wearing. I am that girl next door, approachable, you know, just come chat with me. Um, but I also find that, like, fuchsia. You probably see me. I wear a lot of fuchsia because that is my brand color. That's the color that I've identified that if I walk into a room – the head's turn because that is that confidence. That's that appeal. And so finding, finding dresses, finding shirts, finding those things that really just pop when you walk into a room, it just is an instant confidence booster. But I was going to say, like, so when I spoke at Phoenix Startup Week a couple years ago, I'd never spoken there, and I didn't know what the attire was. So I was there first in the morning as a volunteer and a mentor. And then I was speaking later that afternoon and I had my whole suit in the car. Like I had it. And as I looked around the room and all of these presenters and everybody's just kind of cash, I was like, why do I need to be in a suit? I can be just me. And, and that's how I showed up. So I, I had my, my jacket, I had my little, you know, my little shirt on, but I had my jeans and my Converse. And it was just, I was talking about the 10 essentials that every startup needs to crush it in business. And the tagline that you shared earlier, the authentic girl with a touch of badass, that actually came as a result of speaking there because the audience really resonated with me. They really appreciated that I was telling stories and I was telling, you know, the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur. Um, but they were like, I love this style. And it ultimately is what helped me even in my personal branding. I'm like, I don't want to appear like the stuffy girl in the business suits and the heels. Like, that's just not my style. My style is just comfy cotton dresses and, you know, dresses with pockets and, you know, and just, and just something that is, is authentic and natural for me. Like I feel comforter, comfortable and confident and, you know, and that's how I, I show up. Okay, this this is so key. This is so key. So it's about feeling comfortable comfortable and confident yourself, but also it's about the the image and the brand that makes your audience feel comfortable and confident with you. The the message and the image that speaks to your target audience. Yes. And because you said people were saying, this is you. So it's almost like when you're dating and family and friends, they know the perfect person for you. They're going to tell you, that, oh, yes, that, that, that one's a keeper. And, oh, no, you might want to read things there, right? <laughs> so it's almost the same thing with the, with the attire. You had an audience saying, yes, 
that's that's a keeper. That look is you. So making yourself feel comfortable and confident, but also it has to be a look that makes your audience feel comfortable and confident about you and your message. Okay, oh, that was perfect. That was perfect. So <laughs> some, it may be a suit type. For me, it's I, I have to be, I, I have to have the dresses. I love dresses. Dresses yeah. just are easy for me. It's one piece. My husband calls yes. all of my dresses onesies. He calls my dresses onesies. <laughs> I, I have to say I love them too. Like it's not much thinking. It's just one, one thing. <laughs> Hello, we're on the same page. That's what I tell people. I don't have to find a blouse to go with the pants, to go with a belt to find a jacket I put on my onesie I think that's my husband's undercover way of calling me a baby calling me his baby I think that's what it is I'll ask but it's it's easy it's one piece and either a brown shoe or a black shoe and I'm out the door but whatever makes you feel comfortable and confident whatever speaks to your look your feel that's what you do Tisha anything else our audience needs to know today Oh, you know what? I just say show up as you, publicly, professionally, personally. I use that all the time in my personal brand talk because nobody wants the facade. Nobody wants the fake. And and if you are the type of person that exudes that approachability when you're on social media, be that same person, please. Like, if you're going to be speaking on a stage, be that same person that when the audience comes up to you, they're like, damn, you are the exact same person that I see on those videos. Like I get that a lot, honestly, Bridget, because you know I do a lot of videos through the week. Yeah. And that is the best compliment that I've ever gotten when someone finally reaches out to me because they feel confident and comfortable enough to come to me and they're like, I don't know why I was so afraid. You're the exact same person on those videos and through your content. It it almost saddens me that that's a surprise for people, right? Because that means that enough people aren't showing up as their authentic selves nowadays. And I don't know if it's this era of catfishing that we're in and people being able to hide behind computer screens. I don't know. But it saddens me, but I, like you, agree that it it brightens your day when someone's like, oh, so you're what I see up there is really what this is you? This is what I see on the, Yeah. (laughs) All day, every day. Do a tea, yes. <laughs> Same girl, every platform. <laughs> it's exhausting to be, I, I think, to do the code switching. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's not possible. And do you do some code switching at certain points? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to talk to my son's teacher differently than I would talk to, you know, whatever, my girlfriend. Uh, so we all do code switching. But in terms of just being your brand and what people see on the stage, what should be the same thing they see on social media, should be the same thing they see face to face and so on. So that's that's awesome. Combos mm-hmm. in my Camry. I love those. Videos. Yes. Combo in my Camry. Thank you. I may even have, fingers crossed, something going on with Toyota coming up here. I have so. been waiting to hear <laughs> you say that or waiting to read that somewhere. I am I'm I feel like I feel like it's happening to me. I'm so excited. I've been I'm not even lying. I've been waiting for the moment for that to happen. Listen, I am sending all kinds of good vibes. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's been a long time, but I'm like, you know what? I believe in this. I know this is gonna happen and I just keep making those strides and it's it's doors are opening little by little. 
everybody check out Tisha connect with her on LinkedIn that's where I see her videos I don't know if you do them elsewhere but I know you do them on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. so connect with Tisha Marie Pelletier on LinkedIn P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R connect with her there she does these fabulous videos on the regular from her car and they're called she calls these videos convos in my Camry am I getting it right is it Convo or convos? Convo. So hashtag convo in my Camry. Convo in my Camry. Check it out. It They are so, so, so awesome. And so that's why I'm all hyped over here. For how long have you been doing those videos? Oh, my goodness. I think that it's been close to two years. So religiously. And that's, you know, and that's what we talk about. If you're going to be a speaker, consistency is huge. People need to keep seeing you over and over. I mean, even with with what's going on right now, I feel like every single week I'm on a speaking gig. Every single week I'm booked for another speaking gig. And it's because I'm consistent because people are like, you should have her speaking for you, you know, that I keep getting opportunities. And they're out there. They're definitely out there. But you got to show up. It's, hey, you got to show up. (laughs) You said it. You said it. It's that consistency. It's showing up. So you, too, can, you know, decide, hey, maybe I'm going to do a YouTube video about accounting because that's my thing or interior Mm -hmm. design because that's my thing. Or maybe I'm going to read some poetry ever so often. But having people see you and that's practicing speaking. Maybe you're not in a crowd hundreds of people or maybe you're not on a webinar with dozens of of folks but you are just in your car or in your your SUV or on your bike or whatever you don't have to be anywhere you can just be in your office and doing little videos and just the repetition Mm -hmm. helps you get better and the consistency and the practice I mean she's been doing these convo in my Camry videos for two years now stay at it stay the course Tisha Thank you for being here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being such a gracious host and on your podcast. I'm excited for this. <laughs> I tell you, I could not do it without rock star people like yourself. I couldn't. Everybody, thank you for tuning into this episode of Own the Microphone. I trust you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time.